Hi, everyone. This is Alex West, co-host of the Pulse Podcast. Today's guest is Todd Park. Todd is the co-founder and executive chairman of Devoted Health, a Medicare Advantage Payvider providing virtual and in-home medical care for older Americans and leveraging their technology platform to drive clinical results. Founded in 2017, Devoted's team of over 2,000 cares for nearly 124,000 members across 14 states. Todd previously served as the White House Technology Advisor and the Health and Human Services Chief Technology Officer in the Obama Administration and was the co-founder of both Athena Health and Castlight. In this episode, I spoke with Todd about his entrepreneurial journey, his time in the White House, and why Devoted is situated to transform the healthcare experience for older Americans. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Todd, thank you for joining me on the Pulse Podcast. How are you? I'm terrific. It's great to be here. Thank you, Alex. So we have a tradition of asking our guests this icebreaker. What did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> um, I wanted to, like I think probably every child of a certain age, uh, be a marine biologist like Jacques Cousteau and follow the blue whales everywhere. That's great. I think that's a common one, but it's a fun one. Oh, yeah. My kids are at that stage now. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Todd, tell me about your entrepreneurial journey and your path to starting Devoted. Sure. It started when I was 24. And my brother was 22, Ed, and my best friend, Jonathan Bush, was 27. And none of us knew better, um, so we just started a company. <laughs> we hadn't gotten the memo that you should probably know something before you start a company. And so we just, you know, just went ahead and naively started a company called Athena Health. And Athena Health's mission was to help make healthcare work the way it should by helping doctors and midwives and clinicians be their best selves. And the initial incarnation of that mission in the form of a thing that we did uh, was to actually seek to dramatically improve maternity care, particularly for the vulnerable in America. And uh, we started out in 1997 by um, convincing a big OBGYN practice in San Diego, California to sell itself to us. And uh, we went and then ran this practice. Uh, it's called OBGYN Consultants at the Birthplace. Um, it was uh, one of the largest what's called collaborative care maternity practices in the country. And so think of it as like medical home for moms, right? We had uh, OBs and certified midwives and case managers and nutritionists and social workers, et cetera, like all like loving on moms-to-be upfront and uh, delivering a lot more care to them upfront such that there were then many fewer terrible things that happened at the end of the pregnancy. Um, and so... Uh, there was a uh, federally funded study on this practice that showed that it reduced the total cost of OB episode by 20% by reducing the incidence of terrible things. And so we basically want to take that model and really kind of systematize it, take it across the country, right? To make an incredibly long story short, <laughs> we hit uh, so many buzzsaws simultaneously, it's hard to remember them all. <laughs> but the uh, uh, payers being unwilling to give us risk contracts, right? The practice actually um, being hit by a whole series of business difficulties and you know, kind of skating on the edge. Any case, because it was serving primarily uh, Medi-Cal folks, right? And immigrants. And so it was really just operating like a shoestring. 
And to make an incredibly long and painful story short, what ended up happening was that in order to actually enable the practice to survive, we built the world's first web-based practice management billing system and integrated with that a a technical billing service um, that got practices paid a lot faster for a lot less cost. And we then actually went through another painful period where essentially everyone in the universe, (laughs) like doctors we were working with, midwives we were working with, uh, venture capitalists we were talking to, right? You know, any rational person actually, like essentially talked to us and said, look, you know, Todd and then Jonathan, like you're lovely young people, right? But running OB practice is like not your strong suit. Um, And it's actually going to be really difficult to pursue original idea for a whole bunch of systemic reasons. The thing that you could do that'd be really, really helpful to docs and midwives and other clinicians, right, is to actually provide them with your software and your billing service um, such that they have more time and energy and financial resources to focus on their patients as opposed to, you know, fighting with insurance companies and like trying to like run the practice. And that was actually a um, deeply painful emotional transition for me uh, because uh, I, you know, really liked being with the babies and the moms, right? My office was in one of our birth centers where like every several hours you could hear a baby being born through the ventilation system, right? And and then now I was being told that I should transition into being a dot communist medical biller, right? And I said like, that's not what I want to do, right? You know, but I actually realized, especially when the clinicians talked to me, right, that um, the way I could really help them in the near term, a way we could really help them in the near term was to help them with the problem they really had uh, that was right in front of them, uh, help them run their business and survive, right? Um, and have the resources to then actually really focus on better patient care. So so we then transmogrified into that form. Um, and uh, and then, you know, added electronic health records, patient communications, and all kinds of other uh, capabilities that brought us closer to the patient care that I was so passionate about. I think grew with Athena Health super rapidly um, uh, over the course of the next decade. And then, you know, took it public. And after a year of being public, I was convinced that the culture wasn't going to change. And interestingly, like the mission never changed, mm-hmm. right? to help make healthcare work the way it should by helping clinicians be their best selves, right? You know, that remained the mission. It just turned out to be that the solution that we delivered to advance that mission was different from what we originally thought, right? And uh, but it continued to be a very, very mission-driven culture. And about a year after we went public, I was really watching to make sure the mission-driven culture, I wanted to make sure it stayed intact, right? And uh, a year to being public, I said, oh, it's, it stayed intact, right? It's quite vibrant. Um, and so the company doesn't need me anymore. <laughs> uh, so in order to stay married, um, I uh, stepped down from the manager team, uh, stayed on the board. But I made a promise to my wife, Amy, when um, we were very young. So I met her when I was 17. She was 18, uh, freshman year of college. Very long story short, uh, basically uh, took me a year, but I convinced her to go out with me. And we've been together ever since. And I promised her back in the day, right, that we would someday uh, move to uh, Northern California, right, where her mom and dad are. And have a family together near her mom and dad. And Athena Health was based in Boston, and it took longer to build than we thought. And my wife would continue to remind me that Boston is not Northern California, um, especially nine months of the year where it's not sunny. So uh, finally, when when I got the chance to basically keep my promise to my wife, I did, and we moved to Northern California uh, next to her mom and dad, we had baby Alex, beautiful big boy, that we've been waiting to have for a very long time, and my wife was happy with me for the first time, basically ever, uh, really, you know, um, uh, I got, uh, then, uh, persuaded by Giovanni Colella and Brian Roberts to co-find a second company called Castlight Health, 
But uh, Cassit was mostly built by other people uh, because a year and a half in, in a development that deeply surprised and, and caused great consternation with my wife, um, I got uh, drafted by the American government, which is a whole separate story. But uh, basically, I ended up going to serve my country um, for what my wife and I agreed would be a year-long tour of duty. And then seven years later, <laughs> ended my tour of duty in early 2017. Um, and um, at that point, basically, like, desperately missed my brother. Um, and he had stayed at Athena. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just really missed him, like, a lot. And so the one thought I had leaving White House service was, I'm going to go start a company with Ed. <laughs> and so he and I then reunited uh, in early 2017 and uh, started Devoted, which is the company that we've always been dreaming about, whether we realized it or not. And it's the company that we've been preparing to build our whole lives, whether we realize it or not. Like every experience in our lives has been a meaningful experience unto itself, but has also been a training exercise to prepare us to do the thing that we feel like we're really here to do, right? For as long as God gives us. Now joined by 2,000 teammates who all feel the same thing, <laughs> that each of their lives been leading up to this moment. Um, and it's to build a company um, that dramatically improves health and well-being by caring for everyone like family. Um, and we talk more about that. That's kind of the journey that led us to, to devote it. That's a really exciting path. Todd, can you give our listeners an overview of Devoted, its product, and the strategy? Sure. Yeah. So uh, so Devoted's mission is uh, a very, very simple and powerful one, which is to dramatically improve the health and well-being of older Americans to start, um, eventually everyone by caring for every single person, like they're literally our own family. Uh, we have something we call the prime directive, which is the secret standing order that drives everything we do, large and small, trumps everything else. And the prime directive says this, when undertaking any action or making any decision, visualize in your mind the faces of members of your family that you love desperately. And ask yourself, if this action or decision impacted them, what would you do? Then go do that thing. There's no permission you need for anyone else. Do the thing in the moment that you would do for your own mother, your own father, your own sister, your own brother, your own daughter, your own son. And if you're thinking about, well, what would you want for healthcare for your own family? What everyone would want, I would presume and hope, is the best healthcare in the world. And as all of us in healthcare know, there's a very precise formula that defines what the best healthcare in the world is. It's the right care, both clinical and non-clinical, deliver in the right place at the right time in a highly consistent, coordinated, proactive way. Um, as we all know, this is unfortunately not the typical experience mm. uh, of a older American, or really any American in our healthcare system. Um, our health system is um, rather disorganized, confusing, chaotic, fragmented, information poor, uncoordinated, and reactive. And this is not the fault of the doctors and nurses in the system, right? My, my, my wife's a doctor. She's infinitely superior to me in every way. We have the best doctors in the history of the world in America, and our nurses are even better, right? Uh, but they're laboring in a system, right, that seems to thwart <laughs> their will. <laughs> and so many, so many turns um, uh, and at so many junctions. And so uh, as a result of the status quo healthcare experience, uh, Americans don't tend to get the right care up front at the right time. As a direct result of that, 
uh, Americans actually have way too many catastrophes befall them. Um, and as a function of that, uh, America spends uh, basically double per capita what the developed world spends on healthcare. Uh, the rest of the developed world spends on healthcare. Uh, it has outcomes that rank uh, at the very bottom uh, of the developed world is better also. And so the good news is that as uh, innovators across the country have demonstrated over decades that if you actually are able to get people the right care in the right place at the right time up front, then two things happen. You improve outcomes and you lower cost. Right? They're two sides of the same coin. Um, you keep people as well as possible and you keep them out of repeated trips to the hospital. Stitching time saves nine, um, as, as grandma was to say. And so they both combined that ancient, incredibly obvious wisdom with what technology can do today uh, to build the first solution, the first company from a blank sheet of paper designed to hyperscale that kind of right care, right place, right time to everyone everywhere. So how do we do that? Basically, Ed and I started with a mission of dramatically improving health and well-being by caring for people like family. And we said, okay, well, building anything is incredibly hard. So let's build the smallest possible thing that can guarantee our ability to deliver on that mission. And what we ended up concluding uh, based on 25 years of broken bones and scar tissue is that what you had to build in order to guarantee the ability to deliver on that mission is an alternate universe, full stack American healthcare system as a service. Um, uh, and anything short of that was going to fail uh, at hyperscaling to everyone the kind of care you want for your family. So um, what does that look like? Uh, we call it a all-in-one healthcare solution. And if you pop the hood on the all-in-one healthcare solution um, and you look inside, it's what we call a five-layer stack. It's five ingredients, all of which we built completely from scratch <laughs> and combined together in exactly the right way with every detail crafted for one purpose, which is to get to everyone at scale, the right care at the right time, right? And so what are the five ingredients? So just very quickly walking through these. Uh, ingredient number one is we built our own in-house Medicare Advantage health insurance plan um, that uh, is optimized to deliver fantastic service to members, optimized to provide health and wellness-oriented coverage for our members. Um, secondly, uh, we built something called Devoted Health Guide which is a tech-enabled guardian angel team that concierges our members through their healthcare journey. We number three is in every community we serve, uh, we partner in a contractual network uh, with terrific doctors and health systems in that community, uh, the kinds of doctors and hospitals you want to have care for family. Uh, but fourthly, um, uh, basically because uh, capabilities of different providers can be so variable based on their resources, right, and their underlying capability set, and also because the American health system tends to be really heavily resourced at the acute end to reastrophy, but doesn't tend to be as heavily resourced in uh, the prevention realm. We, read number four, built our own in-house medical group called Devoted Medical. That's the first truly great virtual first value-based care provider to seniors. Um, and so uh, it doesn't replace your primary doctor because uh, that would be a really silly thing to try to do. Um, Rather, it complements your primary doctor by delivering up to 16 tech-enabled services. They're delivered 95% plus telematically, um, the rest in person at home, uh, that complement what your primary doctor can do, coordinating with the primary doctor um, to deliver effectively you know, concierge-like high-touch care to people at home, right? To keep them as well as possible. So everything from uh, diabetes care, hypertension management, CHF management, CPD management, uh, transitions of care management to help you when you uh, go from the hospital to 
homes, all kinds of stuff can go haywire when that happens. Intensive home care for the super sick, palliative care, 24 seven urgent care, uh, medication adherence and therapy management, right? Deep comprehensive ongoing assessment of you to make sure we're catching everything that needs to be caught. What we call community guide uh, that uh, connects members to assistance on food, housing, income, et cetera. So a comprehensive suite of services, right? Delivered mostly telemetically that are the stitch in time and stage nine um, across a whole range of stages and scenarios in people's health journey, um, which, is, which is an incredibly powerful capability set. And so it's just because one doctor can describe the medical really beautifully. He said, well, imagine the underlying care delivery system as being a craggy landscape, like there are peaks, there are valleys, et cetera, right? But medical moves in like water, essentially, right? And in some cases has to do very little, and in a lot of cases do a whole bunch, <laughs> in some cases has to do in between, right? But it basically just is water that just fills in whatever the gap is so that everyone actually gets right care of us right time, right? At a particular standard up front. Um, so that's huge. Um, and then all of this, our health plan, our devoted guide service, our doctor and hospital partnerships are devoted mouth group are all running on we number five, which is Orinoco, our proprietary purpose-built software platform that we built entirely from scratch that uh, runs everything I just said, right? So it's an integrated platform that runs everything I just said, uh, processes claims like is the CRM, right? Is the EHR, right? Et cetera, right? But beyond like its functionality in an ultra-modern platform, uh, at a more fundamental level, it's a right care, right place, right time machine countless sources. It's building complete profile of you, your history, your situation, what you need next. And then it is choreographing the complex logistics of you getting what you need next across all the levers of our health plan, our guide service, our doctor partners, our own health. So you get the next, next, next things that you need in your health journey, right? So our members, I'm calling it, the one member called it um, an intuitive care service. So you sign up for Devoted and you just start getting the things that you need, including a bunch of stuff that you never thought you needed, <laughs> right? Um, and other stuff where you might have thought you needed it, but you had no idea like how to get that, right? Um, and if you did, it was really hard with high friction. And so with devoted, it's 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 reversing the polarity and all that, right? You just get 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 the next thing you need, the stitch of time and stage, right? And so the net result of all this is basically it, it produces you know, literally thousands of micro results that are again like all kind of etched into our software, like etched into our stack and how the stack and our software are configured to deliver. Basically, those results really roll up into uh, like three macro results. Um, so the first is a member experience that is uh, categorically different from people's historical experience with healthcare, right? Um, and reflected in our net promoter score of 77, um, which is a stratospherically high NPS, right? That's, uh, <laughs> that's higher than Apple you know, Amazon, Netflix, USAA, right? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's incredibly high, uh, and particularly notable, um, given how complex and difficult healthcare is probably relative to other products, right? So, um, so member experience, you know, is a remarkable one, it's quantified by things, uh, but including a 77 NPS. Um, secondly, um, we deliver five-star clinical quality, um, on the clinical stars metrics, uh, in the CMS, uh, uh metric set. Um, and that then helps anchor us being uh, able to deliver 4.5 stars on average um, everywhere we go, uh, which is uh, really, really hard to do, <laughs> particularly if you're new. And then thirdly, is through better care, um, we are able to systematically reduce medical costs in a highly particular, which is very, very exciting. 
and all of those things like that NPS level, you know, that level of clinical quality and overall stress performance, um, and the ability to reduce medical costs systematically through better care. Um, all that are just macro indicators of what's really happening on the ground, um, which is, you know, tens of thousands of stories of members' lives being improved, transformed, protected, saved, um, in ways that are just profoundly moving to us, right? And are really how we think about what we are in this world. What's uh, most striking to me about that actually is I like to go visit with our members in person um, in their homes and their favorite restaurants or coffee shops and um, spend a few hours with each of them, you know, tuning into their story. Um, and it's an amazing experience because first of all, uh, it's amazing to hear their life stories. You know? um, and if you've been on this earth for 72 years and you share your story, uh, with someone you trust, right? That story is incredible. It's like a trilogy of incredible stories, right? And so, uh, you know, uh, and so that's been an incredible privilege to, to hear those stories. And then secondly, to hear their devoted stories is incredibly moving and, and powerful as well. And a common denominator across those stories has been that how our members actually really experience devoted is they experience devoted as love. They describe the experience of devoted as the feeling of being loved. Um, and they say it in different ways. Like, you know, like whenever I call devoted, it's like getting a giant hug through the phone. Yolanda uh, in Tampa, like, you know, sat me down, you know, after kind of bustling about, you know, just making sure everything was set, that it was set, sat me down and said, okay, time to have a question, which is, what is going on over there? <laughs> right? He was explaining to me because I've never felt this kind of love and caring before from like a health insurance company. Like from a medical group, right? You know, and what is going on, right? You know, I said, well, Yolanda, I have a, I have a secret to tell you, which is that we're not a health insurance plan. We're not a medical group. And we built health and built a medical group. But those are just vehicles through which we express what we really are, which is a love company, right? We are love for everyone like me. And Yolanda said, that makes complete sense to me. <laughs> like everything reconciled. She was reconciling everything she's experienced um, with where we appeared to be coming from, right? You know, which was health insurance by medical group. <laughs> Just saying, like, what? what's up with that, right? And then once she understood that we're a love company, that makes made sense. And, and the way I might actually kind of you know, translate that, right, is is we start with the intent of loving you like family and caring for you like family. And because we're people actually translate that into a bunch of bits, right? So health plan coverage, service, medical service, right? Um, and all those bits like materialized in a care pattern or a member, which they deeply appreciate. Right, you know, but just like my voice is a human voice in this room I'm in, and it's being translated to bits and being beamed to the room you're in and reassembling into a voice, right? The love that we feel for our members like they are our own family, the ethos of character like family, right? Translated into bits and then reassembles at the other end into the feeling of being. And this is really, really important to understand because um, just to talk about this a bit further, first of all, if someone feels loved versus not, I guarantee you their health status will be better. <laughs> I guarantee, right? Every study will show, yeah, no, their health status is better, right? Secondly, if someone feels love, that starts to unlock care of self that is key to almost any health trend, right? Um, and so like, as one member said to me, like, y'all care about me more than I care about me. <laughs> and she was only kind of half joking. Um, and so just to illustrate this via a story, um, a member named Walter uh, in Texas, um, I talked to over coffee, right? 
Walter had, before signing up with Devoted, out of control diabetes. Uh, he was hospitalized every Christmas uh, since 2013. He had a mid right foot amputation. Um, he had prior six months to signing up with Devoted, he was hospitalized six times. Says for Devoted. And then he describes the experience of what happened next. He said, Todd, I started getting bombarded by phone calls from Devoted. <laughs> Because in the background, our software said, red alert, <laughs> you know, reach out to Walter, right? Bear hug, right? Um, and uh, Walter said to me, he said, I didn't know why the hell y'all were calling me. Right? He kept calling and calling and calling. And then he said, I realized something. About I said, I think Devote's trying to take care of me. I think that's actually what's happening here. And he said, well, maybe I should try it. Because he said, Todd, obviously, I wasn't taking care of myself, right? As one of my teammates, uh, uh, Daryl Catano, likes to say, and devoted, it's really hard to not care for yourself if someone else cares for you intensely, right? And Walter's example of this. He said, y'all actually caring for me actually catalyzed me, led me to actually find a strength in my heart, he said, to care for myself that I didn't know I had. And so with each of our longitudinal patients, right, you know, uh, um, in our more intensive uh, medical care programs, we ask them to set a goal. Uh, it's a framework we call patient priorities care. Um, and set a goal um, for their health journey. And the goal is never, I want to drop my hemoglobin A1C by 2.2, right? That's not how patients think, right? Um, their goal is, uh, what Walter says, I want to walk again. And I want to be home, not in the hospital this Christmas. So he said, okay, right? So then we mobilize our care programs and our health plan to support him in his journey. And then just before Christmas, uh, we actually have a go-back team visiting him at home in person. And he opens the door, he's standing up for the first time. We've ever seen him standing up, right? Uh, it's the first time our team's ever seen him standing up. And they go nuts, right? And they're cheering, right? And then he walks them inside the house. He sits them down at the table and uh, writes each of them a Christmas card of gratitude and gets up, like picks up a store ornament, walks over to the tree and puts it on top of the tree. And so he's walking again and he is home that Christmas. And then to illustrate one more effect of love, um, that Christmas, not only was he walking again, not only was he home and not in the hospital, but he also found the strength in his heart to organize a toy drive with the buddy of his. Um, and every child who was in the local children's hospital who woke up in the hospital on Christmas Day woke up to a toy from Walter. Now, Walter calls himself an ambassador of love now. <laughs> like literally. So he organizes food drives, he mentors the diabetics, right? So love heals, love unlocks love of self, which helps you heal. And then when you heal, it's not just your body that heals, it's your heart that heals. And then from that heart, love flows. And love flows all around you. And, and Walter is one example of that, right? Another example of that is, um, I remember a member calling in to guide one day without any particular question. Uh, but what she wanted to say was this. She said, I just want to tell you all something. Um, my life has been filled with hate. And so I, therefore have been filled with hate. But I'm working to turn that around and become a more positive person because you listen to me and you care for me and you remind me what it was like to be loved. And so love pouring into someone and then pouring out of someone can be everything from organizing a massive toy drive for a children's hospital or being kind to someone that day as opposed to brusque. Just connecting with someone, right? As opposed to stiff arm. That is really what is what is our purpose. You know, our secret ingredient is love. 
Um, it's a culture of love for everyone like family. Better healthcare is the way that we deliver that love. And uh, the impact is not just to heal the body. Um, the impact is to help heal and strengthen the heart. And the impact of that extends into the circles of the people that each of our members are connected. And that is what I have been witnessing as I've been talking member for member. And it is the most extraordinary, most moving thing. Um, and I just feel so incredibly lucky right, to be part of that. <laughs> it's so exciting to hear. Devoted is building an MA plan from the ground up, building a provider group, building a technology platform. Right. How do you build all of those things to be successful? And how do you feel that pairing these together in-house is driving outcomes? We actually built all those at the same time, which is even crazier, right? <laughs> because you have to build them all at the same time in order for this to work, right? And that's because you need to actually eliminate key strategic dependencies on the legacy system, right? So we learned from Athena, right, that if you don't control how health is paid for, it's really hard to change its delivery. And so we wanted to control our own funding source <laughs> right? and determine how we pay providers um, uh, and determine what benefits we cover, right? And so we built our own plan. Then uh, we built Guide uh, at the same time because healthcare is really complicated. And unless we actually gave our members the ability to navigate them through it, we weren't entirely sure how they were going to navigate through it. Look, if you ever try to navigate an aging loved one or any loved one or yourself through American healthcare, Right, you know, I mean, you know how complicated it is to depend upon people's own resources to do that, or their own families to do that. Right, you need to help. Help is very much needed. So, so we need to build guide. Right, um, we love our doctor and hospital partners. Um, they're fantastic. Right, um, and they'll also be the first to tell you that they can't do everything. <laughs> they cannot. Right, uh, particularly primary care docs. Right, who are just increasingly underwater and increasingly stressed out. And so, it was very important that we built our own. Medical not to replace any existing doctor, right? But to basically complement them and help do the work that is necessary to keep people well. Um, and then we need to build our own software and data uh, because if you don't have software and data, like you can't do anything I just said, it's impossible. You, 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 I mean, you just can't do it and you certainly can't scale it. You just have to essentially make sure that you have what you need to actually do the thing you want to do <laughs> and not engage in wishful thinking about it. Right. But to see clearly and say, okay, well, yeah, we have to build all that. The good news is that if you actually succeed in building everything I just said, it makes your path forward strategically very simple. <laughs> you can do what it's set to do. And you don't actually have critical dependencies on forces outside your control. Um, you can really control your own destiny, right? Um, and craft a consistent experience because outcome set anywhere uh, for anyone, uh, which again is again the goal. But given that decision and that approach in all of the things you have to build, how does a company like Devoted focus on executing so many difficult projects at once? Yeah, such a good question. So this is one of the benefits of being a middle-aged entrepreneur, which is that it's only now that Ed and I and a bunch of people we know and a bunch of people they know and a bunch of people that 
recruited. It's only now, right, that we are really capable of doing something this ambitious, right? Because I would characterize this as a hundred times more ambitious than Athena. And Athena is plenty ambitious. <laughs> right. So basically, you know, at this point in our lives, we have learned enough to understand what this needs to be or needs to look like. And we know enough people <laughs> and we're capable of assembling enough financial capital and we have enough relationship capital to actually crystallize an alternate universe, full stack US alchemist service. But yeah, it, it would not have been possible for us to do it before now. You know, of course, Devoted isn't the only quote unquote pay vider in the market. Certainly United through Optum and Humana through Centerwell are building out their own provider groups. What differentiates Devoted from others in the market who are trying to execute on the same strategy, but often not seeing the same results where devoted MA plans you announced last year in multiple states had received ratings of four, four and a half, five stars in the first year of eligibility, you know, outcomes that plans spend years working towards. How do you attribute being able to get to that point so quickly? Totally. Yeah. No. So it's, it's actually the unique nature of the product that we've built. And so you need to actually have built from scratch, a new kind of health plan, a new kind of navigation service, a new kind of virtual first mouth group, and a new kind of software, and crafted every detail of what I just said in a very specific set of ways that execute a incredibly complex set of workflows that continually improve in a hyper-consistent way, uh, day in and day out. And you have to build all of it at the same time as a single organism and build all of it from scratch so you have no legacy baggage. And you need the whole thing to be animated by a simple and clear purpose that's in everyone's heart and loves brain all the time, right? That guides every system, which is, what would I do for my own family? And so Denovo building that kind of maniacally focused culture and then building those very specific capabilities all combined together into a single solution uh, to deliver on that singular purpose which is to give her like family. That is something that nobody else has done. And it's all in the details. To say that you can like randomly attach a health plan to a navigator service, right, to a doctor network, to a medical group and software and say, you know, uh, you have to vote. It's like to say, I can combine oxygen, protein, water in a bucket and get Alex, right? I mean, that, that's not true. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of detail, right? In the genetic code of Alex. Right, that's not captured in a list of ingredients, um, and so uh, and so to produce the results that we produce from an NPS standpoint, from a star standpoint, from a quality standpoint, cost reduction standpoint, right? Those are all outputs of a very specific genetic code that is imprinted on a set of ingredients, all of which we built from scratch, and therefore able to imprint the genetic code on. Right, which we continuously iterate constantly. Um, and again, all guided by a single purpose, which is powered by our culture, our most important asset, the purpose of caring for everyone that they're literally around. It seemed like early on, before there were clinical or financial results to even speak of, Devoted was primarily written about in the context of having raised such massive capital. You know, I think most founders would say that raising money is more of a means than an end, but 
You did raise $2 billion in the first four years. Can you tell me about the decision to raise that level of capital and to try to scale that quickly and why that was the right approach? Core observation I would make is that Devoted did not proceed by building each layer of the five-layer stack sequentially because it wouldn't work, right? So the way you have to actually make it work is to build all five at the same time, right? And you have differential levels of focus, right, as you progress, right? But you have all five from the beginning. That makes it an incredibly ambitious play. Again, alternate universe, full-stack healthcare system <laughs> as a service, right? So, um, and so that, that, that requires a level of capital investment, right? That is different um, than, say, a, <laughs> like a SaaS company, right? So, um, and again, this is a benefit of being a middle-aged entrepreneur. Ed and I have access to capital at this point in our lives that we did not have when I was 24 and was 22. And we're blessed to have just incredible investors um, who are really long-term oriented, deeply mission-aligned, and, and really understand healthcare. And once we explain what we were doing, it made complete sense. <laughs> and they were all in, right? To actually do the thing that needs doing is just like the most exciting play that we've ever been involved with. You know, uh, the most exciting thing we've ever had a chance to work on and that we just want to work on for the rest of our lives. Shifting gears a little bit, in your roles at the Department of Health and Human Services and the White House, you functioned as an entrepreneur in residence within a massive organization accountable for the health of hundreds of millions of people. How did that experience shape your thinking on the right way to build Devoted? And was there something specific about that experience and the scale specifically that changed your expectations for how quickly Devoted could grow and how impactful it could be? It was actually a really interesting connection. Such a great question. So um, the seven years I spent serving in the American government uh, were just absolutely extraordinary. Just the most incredible experience. Um, and there's one downside, uh, if you can call it that. I actually don't think it's a downside. I say it's a, there's tongue in cheek. There's a downside of a public service, which is that once you leave public service, you bring with you the experience of having been helpful at a scale and with a depth of meaning, which are vulnerable. That's just, you know, massive. So public service resets your bar for what meaningful work actually is. Devoted was the only mission I could think of that didn't feel like a letdown. <laughs> All right. And so, <laughs> and I just salute everyone who's in the government um, that I worked with, um, everyone who continues to work there, everyone who's joined, you know, that mission. Again, like people in the government who are just overwhelmingly people you'll never hear about, right? You'll never hear about what they do, right? kinds of good that they are doing, unheralded, the kind of impact they're having at scale, right? The depth of that impact, particularly for those who are most vulnerable, the scale and depth of the impact is just massive. You know? um, and I just encourage everyone who's listening to this podcast, if you haven't served in uh, a public service capacity, at some point in your life, I highly encourage you to do it because, you know, in America, right, the genius of the government is that it's us, but that depends on us showing up. <laughs> and I think that each of us to show up at some point to contribute um, is is really helpful for the country. And then you'll also just bring a whole new perspective when you come back, including, you know, just as a you know preview coming attractions, like your bar gets reset, 
about what is really worth spending your time on. <laughs> and so devoted to me, you know, to build a new solution and scale it that can care for everyone like family um, is a continuation of the public service mission I and other devoted teammates were on and uh, that we continue uh, in this capacity. Devoted is yet another venture. You've started with your brother, Ed. You've mentioned a few others already, of course, Athena Health, Castlight. Going into business with family strikes me as the sort of thing where the highs are very high and the lows might be very low. Yeah. What has that experience been like continuing to work with a family member on what can be in the startup and healthcare worlds a really challenging space? Um, for me, it's like the best thing ever. <laughs> I can completely understand how it could get more complicated, right? But with Ed and I, it's the best thing ever. When we were younger, I think I was eighth grade and he was in sixth grade, I think. But the way he tells it is that I came to him and said, you know, Ed, like uh, all my friends are really mean to their little brothers. And I just don't want to be that. I just want to be the best big boy I can possibly be to you forever. And had said, okay. <laughs> and we've never fought since. We've never fought since. You know, we've been incredibly close all through our lives. And he, he's just the most extraordinary human being. And uh, he would be my number one draft pick to build anything. Even if he worked my brother. Like the fact that he is also my brother is like a gift from a higher power. Um, because I get to work with the dream partner to build anything. And the dream partner to build the owner for sure. And I also get to see him all the time. Uh, which is just awesome. I'm unfortunately getting to the age where, you know, there's the, there's the wedding season. You go to everyone's wedding. There's the baby season, you know, and everyone's babies. And I'm now starting to build people's funeral. And it is way too early to be doing that. But one of the things that really reinforces to you is that none of us know how much time we really have. One of the things that is really important to not get lost in the shuffle of modern life is really spending enough time with people we love. You know, okay, speaking of your other, speaking of Amy, my wife, speaking of my brother, right? I don't want to transition to the next world and say, oh, shoot, I actually just didn't spend the time I wanted to spend with those that are dearest to me. And so both Ed and I think of devoted, among many other things, as an excuse to spend a ton of time with each other. <laughs> and we just absolutely love it. We just absolutely love it. And I hope that God gives us a lot of that time together. Um, it's okay. And you were, of course, in an operating role at Athena Health, as well as in your public sector roles. At Devoted, you decided to start the company as the executive chairman with your brother, Ed, as CEO. I feel pretty safe assuming you were a fair bit more hands-on than the average board member, but... What made you decide that this role was the right one for you at this stage of your career? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. So first of all, I'm a beyond full-time executive chairman. <laughs> that gives you any idea. Uh, who uh, also operates a lot. If you think about the core leadership imperatives for a enterprise of the ambition of devoted, it's all hands on deck. Um, and so... Maybe at some point in the distant future, like I'll become a classical executive chairperson. But right now, I'm like a full-time, beyond full-time operating executive chairperson who just fuses at the head, heart, and solar head 
uh, to just drive the company. But I actually don't believe in co-CEO as a construct. Like I think that's just a recipe of ambiguity and fusion. Um, and I also felt very strongly that it was time for Ed to become a CEO. Like if you're prepared for that his entire life, whether he realized it or not, right? Um, and uh, I just said, this is just a fantastic opportunity to step into that role and be everything it was meant to be. And he has stepped into that role and just rocks it. I mean, he is just fan-freaking-tastic at it. And I fulfill a set of responsibilities um, that are both fused with his and also distinct that just come with the territory uh, of um, ability something as ambitious as, as demoted. But just, you know, as his older brother right, and his number one super fan, like to see him blossom as the CEO of Devoted is just like the best thing ever. <laughs> it's like the best thing ever. And just, I, I just hugely look forward to continuing to support that and see that unfold. And that's true for everyone, actually, in a leadership role Devoted. And really, everyone had to own it, right? Because you know, there's so much to do. Everyone's progressing, and it's it's just uh, spectacularly wonderful to see. Since we are an MBA-run podcast, we do like to ask, "What is your career advice to young professionals interested in the space?" Yeah, um, it, it's actually to follow your heart. Life is short, shorter than you think. You've been given an extraordinary number of gifts by the world. Don't squander them. <laughs> Right. So, and don't settle. Don't do the thing that, well, you know, I'm going to do that for a little while while I figure out what I'm going to really do and then really do the thing I love doing because you'll wake up 20 years later. Miserable. Right. So, basically, find the thing that makes your heart sing. Find the thing that you know deep in your heart you are meant to do. Find the people with whom you are meant to do it, whom you love, like sisters and brothers, and then go do that thing. I think it actually doesn't get more complicated than that. I don't want this to come across the wrong way. I wouldn't think too hard about it, right? I wouldn't construct like a 17 like variable matrix to like judge what you're, I mean, you know, did you construct the 17 variable matrix to figure out if you were in love with your wife or not? Like hopefully not, right? You know, uh, and so, you know, I mean, you fell in love with the person you were meant to be with. And actually what you choose to do with your gifts, your talents, you know, you should fall in love, like actual genuine love with the thing that you're going to do. Um, and don't sell for anything less. And if you do, that is highly likely to be <laughs> in the top tier things you could do to actually be helpful to the world in general. Todd, thank you so much for taking the time to join us in the Pulse podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for the fantastic questions. And God bless you and uh, God bless the working community and everyone working to make healthcare better. 